Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And Chris, I don't know about you, but I've discovered I am really good at spotting self-righteousness. Really? But, yeah, especially in myself. But I can spot self-righteousness a mile away. But it's righteousness. What exactly does righteousness look like? I mean, biblical righteousness is much narrower than I def- I want to define righteousness, you know, my self-righteousness. And I think biblical righteousness is certainly much narrower than the way the world wants to define it. So when you ref- refer to self-righteousness, you're, you're talking more about people who are very proud of the fact that they think that they're right. Yeah, that, that pharisaical kind of, I'm, okay. I'm more spiritual than you are. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Because, you know, you know um, uh, when I think of righteous people, um, I, I, it, it's a lot more positive. It, sure, it's people sure. who live uh, with live their values, who uh, have a biblical worldview and live according to them. But uh, they're usually humble, kind, gracious people, not the self-righteous, pharisaic kind that you're describing. Yeah, and using that word humility in the mix there, Chris, kind of if they're humble, if if they're self righteous, there's no humility involved because they're they're righteous in their eyes, and they want you to know it. So, <laughs> but what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at the righteousness of God's name in this. I mean, we would certainly agree God's righteous, but it's as we get to know, we can know and experience that righteousness as we know and we walk with Jesus. That's where we're taking today's Bible study. So our, we are getting toward the end of our overall study, name like a name like no other. We have given emphasis to the name of God and to the power of God and the importance of acknowledging uh, His name. And today we're going to look at uh, the righteousness of His name, which is why, why we've been talking about these uh, topics. We have Chuck Lawless with us today. Chuck is the writer for the Daily Discipleship Guide. And so we're grateful for <laughs> you writing, but also I have to tell you, um, grateful for your participation in this podcast. You, you, you jumped up to one of my top podcasters last time you were with us when you talked about uh, the song uh, Joy to the World and Jeremiah was a bullfrog <laughs> uh, at the beginning of our session last time. Yeah, well, I probably have more songs like that too, but let's, let's press on. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of Jeremiah the bullfrog, we're going to be talking about Jeremiah the prophet today. Uh, we are going to be in Jeremiah 23, and as we're going to look at, we're actually going to be in the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is a little unusual in our Bible study sessions. But as we do this, keep I want you to keep this in mind. We're driving to understand this truth that we can know righteousness when we know and we walk with Jesus. So we're going to be in Jeremiah 23. Uh, we're going to uh, look at verses 5 and 6. But uh, Dr. Lawless, kind of give us some background. Uh, what is leading up to what Jeremiah is about to write? Sure. Jeremiah 23 starts with, with a look at bad shepherds, uh, a part of the history of God's people, civic and religious leaders who simply weren't walking with God, who were, who were misleading uh, the people of God, and consequently, the people find themselves in rebellion against God, 
that will bring God's judgment on them in exile, and God brings judgment on the on the bad shepherds. And this would be a day of, of great desperation, except that God gives a promise of raising up a remnant. Uh, he gives a, a promise of a, of a new day, a new age when when the good shepherd will come. And so this this chapter begins with condemnation of the bad shepherds, but it leads quickly into, but God has a plan uh, that is going to fix all of this. And we're going to see in that plan that there's a promise of a king who is defined by righteousness. Uh, let me begin. Right. Let's uh, look at verse five. Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When I will raise up a righteous branch for David, he will reign wisely as king and administer justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Now, as we look at this passage, let's, there's a phrase here, the righteous branch. What do we? What can you tell us about this phrase, "righteous branch"? There's there's another one coming from a line of David, a new sprout, if you will, uh, who is going to uh, bring God's salvation, who's going to bring reconciliation, who's going to reign in justice and and righteousness. This future messianic king, who's going to be the good and perfect king uh, from David's line bringing, uh, coming as the, the good shepherd, bringing the flock back together, even into the land that they had lost because of their rebellion. And this is, this is the good news. This is the good news. The one who comes, his name is the Lord is our righteousness. It is in his name. It's in his being that the Lord is righteousness, a righteousness that he grants to us when we become his children. So last week was Christmas, and we uh, we looked at Matthew uh, 1, 18 through 21, that reminds us that Joseph was the son of David, and that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise that God made to David, that he was going to raise up one who would sit on the throne forever, uh, and that's Jesus. So we we've been immersed in this in this holiday season and this is a good reminder uh, of Jeremiah also uh, talking about God fulfilling his promise uh, to David yeah it's the it's the the good news to us that God brings judgment out of his out of his righteousness God restores hope in his mercy and grace and love. For us, and so there's there's a, there's hope in the midst of all of this because that's the God that we serve. Certainly, is a contrast to the bad shepherds that he began Jeremiah twenty three with. <laughs> Absolutely, the the good shepherd will be distinctly different. He is righteous. So we do have this righteous branch, this King who's coming. Uh, the righteousness of God is in Him, and as we're going to move down to the New Testament, Romans, we're going to be in the Book of Romans. And in this passage we see in Romans 3, uh, as a contrast, here's, the, here's this king that's coming that uh, is that righteous branch. But we're going to see also 
that apart from God, there is no righteousness. So we're going to begin, we're going to be in Romans chapter three, but there's a lot that's gone on that leads right up to this, uh, these verses. Chris, why don't you give us a little background on uh, what's leading us to Romans 3.10? The church at Rome was an interesting uh, mix of people. Uh, it appears as we as we read the 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 book of Romans in its entirety that there are places where uh, Paul addresses specifically those believers in the church who have a Jewish background, and some of that comes out in the first part of the passage that we look at. So Paul oftentimes would use Old Testament uh, teachings to connect with his Jewish audience. In the same church at Rome are a significant number of non-Jews, of Gentiles. So Paul has to bridge speaking to both groups. And the passage that we're actually going to look at today uh, will will be important words, not for one group or the other, but for both groups and for all of us. Yes, and it's fascinating as... as you look at those opening chapters, he talks about, uh, I'm going to put it in my terms, really bad people. And then even maybe, maybe good people, but then also if they're just very religious, they're very Jewish, they, they think they've got it. You come to verse 10 and Paul just, he nails it right here. There is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away all alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. In fact, their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Viper's venom is under their lips. <laughs> I mean, he's been pretty blunt here. There is no righteousness apart from God. I don't care how good you think you are. You don't cut it. Yeah, these are these are stinging words. And you, you cannot read these words without finding yourself in the middle of the story. If there's, if there's none who's righteous and all have, all have gone astray, that's, that's all of us. And so he undercuts any sense of, of self-righteousness, though I'm, though I'm not sure that we, we all naturally lean where Paul takes us. I, I think we struggle with self-righteousness. In, in general. Well, and there are a lot of people in our culture who, who think, well, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. That's, that is That's right. a refrain that we hear again and again. I've, it's been surprising over the last 20 years to see the, num the amount of research that shows that when we talk to people and we ask them, how does a person get to heaven? Uh, over 50% say, well, you, you'd be a good person. If you're a good person, you get mm -hmm. in. And mm -hmm. so for those of us, who are deeply grounded in God's word um, and and have as a part of our faith tradition, the verses that we're looking at here and that we'll look at in the next section. Uh, we, we, the three of us, and probably most of our listeners uh, can identify with there is none righteous, no, not even one. And, and Romans 3.23 that we'll talk about in the next section. Uh, but there's a lot of people that, when they hear those words, they it's a head scratcher. It's like, well, I'm a good person. What are you talking about? Right? Chris, I, I read some statistics not too long ago, but it showed as we age, this showed the belief in hell 
starts dropping and the belief that all people will go to heaven starts rising the older we get. And the, the, the thoughts behind that survey, what they concluded was, you know, as we age and we're going to fun- we're going to more and more funerals of friends and colleagues, man, they were just a good person. Mm-hmm. I just can't see them not going to heaven. And so we begin to modify our understanding of, of scripture, our theology. Yet I'm reminded of, uh, Isaiah 64, 6, where the, uh, he said, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And it doesn't matter how good I want to think I am. Romans 3 says right here, nope, didn't, you don't cut it. You, you, you have not made, you're, you're not righteous. You know, I think some of, our, some of our struggle is we don't know what to do with grace, that, that God's salvation to us is is unmerited favor. We don't earn this because we're typically raised, trained. I live in a world of education. I want to equip our students to be the best they can be. There's there's a sense in our culture that says you earn whatever you get, and so so to to think about no, I can't I can't earn I can't work my way to my salvation is is foreign to many folks and. But Paul wants them to know, look, you can't do anything that's going to that's going to get you there. And and perhaps he needed to say it so dramatically because we don't naturally lean there. Now, if we stopped our Bible study here, here it is. It's it's New Year's Eve. We're stopping our Bible study to point to, hey, we're all sinners. We're we're all sunk. This would be a sad place to stop. But that's not the end of the story. We're going to go, we're going to continue in Romans 3, which is going to take us back to that Jeremiah 23 passage about that reminder of that righteous king that's coming. Because even though there's no righteousness in us, God's righteousness has been fully revealed in Jesus. Let me take us down to verse 21 of Romans 3. But now, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Him as a mercy seat by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. A lot of deep biblical theology in these verses that we need to unpack, and I think this is a good time to start that process. I just like the fact that when you come to verse 23, which so many of us, if we grew up in church, we've memorized this passage. And there's that. He's kind of reminded, okay, now remember, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But he immediately follows up with verse 24. Oh, and all of us who've sinned, we also can be justified freely because of the grace of Christ. Yeah, And that's our message. That's our message that we get to our neighbors. We get to the nations. Uh, we are all lost apart from Christ. But God came to us and died for us while we were yet while we were yet sinners. And God graciously makes us righteous, uh, not in and of ourselves, but 
the gift of God to us is the eternal life that he grants us. So verse 22, the righteous, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. So this is a continual theme in, in Romans. We see it, we saw a reference to it in chapter two. He will speak to it directly in, in chapter four. And it's important for us to note that uh, the only way for us to be right with God, to be in a right relationship with him, is through faith in Jesus and believing in him. That's that's right. If I, if I uh, share a personal story that, that I hope would be helpful to our listeners, my, my mom became a believer at age 79, a uh, little over two and a half years ago. She, she passed away six months after she, after she became a believer, uh, passed away unexpectedly. But I think about her when I read all of these texts, because late in my mom's life, I watched her, I watched her try to be good. I, I watched her uh, basically minister to other people, though she would never have used that terminology. She wasn't thinking Christianly by, by any means. But I watched her try to figure out how, if I'm getting older, I, I need to start doing good things. And yet the day came when God's grace just overwhelmed her, and she came to the place to say, I need to follow Jesus. And when I talked to her, one of the things she said to me was, I I realized that no matter what I've done, this is just a gift to me. Uh, and coming to that recognition was significant in her recognizing that her works weren't going to get her anywhere. She just needed to receive the gift that God had given. That's powerful. Thanks for sharing that story. And we prayed for her for 47 years, by the way. So for our listeners who are still praying, don't, don't quit. God is still working. Paul um, has no difficulty at all mi mixing metaphors and stories as he goes along. <laughs> he references uh, the mercy seat, which is connected to uh, the day of atonement. And, and in the personal study guide, we talk about that. Uh, but he also talks about God passing over our sins, which sounds a whole lot more like uh, a Passover story. Uh, but the but the truth is found in both. That this is what God does for us. He He covers our sins. He passes over our sins when we trust in Jesus, when we have faith in Him, and that's what your mom experienced. That's right, and uh, that's good news. There's hope in these words for us. And and that that message is the message of the entirety of the Scripture. Uh, in Luke 24, when Jesus is talking with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he just he just opens to them Moses and the prophets, and uh, he he explains, look, all of the scripture is about is about me. All of this pointing to the one who is the the righteous Son of God. Well, we see that in verse 21, where Paul reminds us there is a righteousness from God, and it is apart from the law. Now that's speaking certainly to the the, the Jewish people that look to the law to give them their righteousness. But he's saying, no, there's a righteousness of God. It's it's not tied to the law. Yet, as he says, it's attested to by the law and the prophets. That you could read the law and all that law, that law is not going to make your righteousness righteous, but it's going to point you to the source of righteousness. It's going to point you to God. In that sense of, Chris, as you referring to the, the Passover, what God did there, that points to the righteousness of God. The mercy seat points to his grace. 
all these things in the Old Testament, as Jesus unpacked for those disciples on the road to Emmaus, point to the righteousness that was fully revealed in Jesus. Yeah, it points to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Very nice. And I think as we uh, do our studies, for most of us, we will be doing the study on on New Year's Eve. I think what a great reminder for me as I step into 2024 that I want my life to be centered in the righteousness of Christ, not in any self-righteousness of my own, but just truly resting in His Lordship and His control over my life and just to know and to walk with Him. We want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast today. Uh, hope that it's been helpful to you. We um, realize that it is a, um, the study itself uh, is going to be on New Year's Eve and may not be as many people and maybe the most, the people who will be in attendance are going to be uh, the most faithful members. But I think that this is a good passage uh, for us to focus on at the at the end of the year and as we go into a new year, just like Lynn referenced. Chuck, good to have you with us. We're going to give you a last word, and then Lynn will uh, send us off here. Yeah, the, the the final thing I would say is as we look toward a new year, let's let's ask God to show us through the power of His Spirit where we lean into self righteousness, uh, because we all we all can linger right there. Uh, it doesn't. It's not a far drive to reminding people what good things we've done. Uh, and so let's ask the Lord, Lord, all I want people to know is the righteousness of Christ in this in this new year. Great. We all look. We look forward to being with you next year in 2024, and we hope you all have a great Bible study this week. <laughs>